Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all the ships at sea, welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Blind Leading the Blind podcast. My name is Chris. And I am Mike, and you now have been assured that it is not just mundane, boring, run-of-the-mill, but it is fantastic. Partly because we are coming to you from the basement of B Ministries, spacious confines of Studio B, for those of you following along in the studio rotation, which has not rotated for quite a while. It's true. So to speak. Although we recently considered doing a remote podcast from Studio A. We did, yes. That didn't happen. I have to come up with a Studio C now, or D. Where are we now? Where are we in the alphabet? Anyway, <laughs> thank you for spending a couple minutes here with us. Uh, I hope that you can do more than two because we tend to go on and on and yep. sometimes even on. Um, if you want to ask a question about something like why, why do you guys get longer and longer every week? <laughs> Just because that's who we are. Um, you may do so on the Book of Faces. Facebook. Find us at first name blind leading all, all one word. word. Last name the blind all, all one word. word. See, now that was easy. Now, if you type in all one word, it's going to get confusing. Don't so do I that. I don't recommend you do that. That is a descriptor phrase. Or if you go blind, no space leading type it's just going to be yeah never mind it should be parenthetical or bracketed in some way <laughs> I, I am sure that there is another method of contacting us. they're I'm absolutely positive there 100 percent is if you'd like to send us an email the email address is blindpod at gmail.com that's b-l-i-n-d-p-o-d at gmail.com boy i was smooth and quick and i even remembered to breathe oh, is that a thing it is sometimes uh Public service announcement. We now have a sign in the window of our studio. If you come down here in the basement and you see a bright neon pink sign in the window that says, shh, shush, that's a sign that we are in here and we are recording. That's true. So at that point, if you come in here making a bunch of noise or banging around outside, then you're doing it intentionally. Yes, and we are going to drag you, <laughs> put you in front of a microphone. That's right. If you come down and here yes. making noise, you are a featured guest. You I will are. drag you in here and put you in front of a mic and make you talk. Yes, sir, Bob. Uh, so, uh, although uh, Hoffer did say, uh, our illustrious fact checker, Mr. Yes. Hoffer, yes. Um, did say that he may or may not poke down in the basement and knock on the window oh, tonight okay. while okay. whilst we are podcasting to, gonna make to me, say hi. Make me nervous now because my back is to the window. <laughs> well, if you see me staring past you going... Well, you stare man. past me all the time. Come on now. Well, that's only what I'm thinking. Um, also, another public service announcement. Tonight mm-hmm. I am enjoying a refreshing beverage uh, that will be added to the uh, wall of beverage containers. There are several... So we all know that I have tried lots of different kinds of liquid death mm-hmm. water. Um, there's a couple of different cans over there already. This one I have not tried yet until today. Uh, this particular flavor is Bury It Alive. Oh, that's great. I like that. That one over there is Mango Chainsaw, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. This is Bury It Alive, B-E-R-R-Y, Bury It Alive. And it's not too shabby. It still has the weird sparkling water, flavored water thing. Um, but as far as flavored waters go, it's not that horrible. I've okay. had way worse. Well, good. Um, 
but that is what will be lubricating the pipes tonight. Well, happy lubrication day. <laughs> we should make that a thing. We should. There's National Donut Day and yeah, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you all kinds so of stuff. All kinds of made-up Hallmark holidays. Pi- pirate Day. Pirate Day? There is a Pirate Day. What? It's in the fall. I think October. And I've never been to Boston in the fall. <laughs> I... Uh-huh. We're going to... Re- uh-huh. We're gonna- we're going to have it all day long. We're going to have a reading of the pirate Bible <laughs> on pirate day. Yeah. <laughs> Did you catch that reference? No, I thought you were going someplace else. No. Uh, we are the pirates who don't do anything. Oh, this is a VeggieTales thing. We just stay at home and lie around. And if you ask us to do anything, we'll just tell you we don't do anything. Well, I've never. You have to learn this. Off. I feel sorely undereducated, not knowing VeggieTale lyrics past one Mr. Lunt song. I'm telling you, as as a lover of all things seaworthy and piratey, I should. You I should really need to look into the pirates who okay. don't do anything. I, I feel like you will be thoroughly entertained. <laughs> <laughs> it is meant for us simple-minded folk. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) All right, enough blabbering on. That's a long enough intro. Mr. Wilson, dead me. Bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. Who's up? Well, first off in the list, this is a... Yeah, yeah. You want a do-over? I'm not hitting the button again. No, don't do it. Um... This is a suggestion from one of our loyal listeners, Mr. Florida Pete. By the way, we haven't heard from you in a couple of days, so, you know. Hope you're okay. We're about ready to get in the vehicle and come on down there. Do I need to wrangle up the cavalry and head south? Yes, we will. <laughs> I don't think he believes we would. Watch me. <laughs> no, I think he would believe. Okay, first on the list tonight, Kevin Mitnick. M-I-T-N-I-C-K. Now, this is from Mr. Pete. Indeed. I did not know. I did not recollect this person. He thought I probably would, so I did a little bit of research. Kevin Mitnick is one of the original big-time hackers in the 90s. Now we know why he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting story. Uh, Sun Microsystems, uh, uh, several uh, large corporations uh, cost them millions and millions and millions of dollars in damages, and I think there was some money moved around. I'm pretty pretty sure he was a major inspiration for a couple of different movies yes i think so and um, <coughs> but uh he served four years in prison and then was released I, i'm not quite sure of all the circumstances not important but he became one of the uh corporate cybersecurity gurus along the way had a lot to do with i'm sure companies trying to protect themselves you know you, you want to hire somebody that knows what the other side of it's like sometimes Oh, so yeah. That's, that's one. Mr. Kevin Mitnick. Number two, um, if anyone is a listener of the Bob and Tom morning radio show, or has been, um, they had a fellow on there who had a character called Donnie Baker. This, by the way, is another suggestion from one of our loyal listeners, Mr. Dillion Hamilton. Dillion. Give credit where credit is due. Dilly, dilly. <laughs> um, and if you haven't listened to Bob and Tom show, well, that's probably good for you. Probably good that you don't. <laughs> yes, yes. It's not something I would recommend. Um, 
So, and, and Mr. Mitnick, by the way, was like 59, uh, the guy that played Donnie Baker, and he's from Ohio, Dayton, I find. Oh, you figured, figured it out? It out? Okay. Yeah. Um, he was 52, uh, initial word is a heart attack, but we'll see. Not Isn't sure. that awful that I'm a little skeptical of initial de cause of death reports? Not shocked. Uh, okay. Well, that I'm skeptical? Yeah. Okay. That's or that it was a heart attack. <laughs> long as, yeah, that too. <laughs> that too. Um, and then third. We have three. We have three. Look at you go. This one hurts. This one hurts. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't have any sad music to play. Well, I could make some suggestions. Tony Bennett passed away. Yeah. That's really sad. Yeah. Um, that is one of those great old-time singers. Yep. Um, I got to see him in Cincinnati at the old indoor arena there. Um, great. Great, great guy. So, sorry to lose that voice. Yeah. Um, go back and listen. Um, and, and listen, too, if you get a chance, to Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga. That's, Interesting. That's amazing. You would think, why is she? Why did he? But he was big on duets. Oh, yeah, for sure. In the last 10, yeah. 15 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, there is an album of duets. But listen to the one with Lady Gaga. She just nails it oh yeah she she actually for all of her weirdness and you know i'm obviously i'm not a huge lady gaga fan i don't go listening to you know all that nonsense and some of her outfits need some help That's uh, so i should send back my meat dress <laughs> i thought you were making a dehydrated meat dress with your new dehydrator <laughs> that you recently acquired yes uh, yes i have to go <laughs> um no, but for real though, she actually has an incredible amount of talent. She's so oh, talented. Absolutely. For all of her weirdness, if you get past all of the weirdness and yep. put all that away and hear some of her yep. really stripped down uh, performances, she has incredible talent. Yep, she does. But she's so. also a weirdo, so whatever. Um, but aren't we all? <laughs> well, I was going to say that makes me that makes her different <laughs> from the rest of us. My weirdness is just different, I guess. Uh, all right, so is that it for Dead Report? That is it for the dead. Well, then that means it's time for news. Do, 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 do. Saying something official. And important. And important. Keeping you informed on all of the important things. Or at least semi <laughs> I'm going to have to figure out something to record on top of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or, or we just riff on top of it, but never mind. That's fair, probably not good in yeah. the long run. <laughs> fair warning, I have two newses. You go first. Oh, why do I have to go first? Why can't I be the meat in the news sandwich? Okay, fine. I'll do the top layer of white bread. <laughs> uh, I promised last week I would hold on to this and deliver it this week. It was a toss-up last week between Johnny Bench and Bill Gates. We went with Johnny Bench this week. I've got a star-studded lineup, starting with Bill Gates. Okay. Bill Gates' conspiracy. Uh, well, it's, it's more of an anti-conspiracy, but in my mind, it creates more of a conspiracy. I'm sure it does. <laughs> Uh, so this, this uh, f for those of you keeping score, this comes from a uh, website called Verify This. Dot com. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it's from a fact-checking website. Um, so, <laughs> the headline reads as follows. No, a mosquito project linked to Bill Gates is not responsible for recent malaria cases in the U.S. 
Online posts have falsely claimed that a genetically modified mosquito project and Bill Gates are connected to five malaria, malaria cases recently reported in Florida and Texas. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> so five cases of malaria spread by mosquitoes have now been detected in the United States in recent months. It's the first time there's been a local spread of the disease in the country in 20 years. Four of the cases were reported in Florida and one in Texas, according to June 26 health alert by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. <laughs> Although it's still just called the CDC. Anyway, um, the agency said the people who were diagnosed received treatment and are improving. But, and this is the interesting part, some social media users claim the recent malaria cases are connected to a Bill Gates-funded mosquito project in Florida. Verify viewer Zachary messaged our team to ask if these claims are true. The question is as follows. Is a mosquito project linked to Bill Gates responsible for recent malaria cases in the U.S.? Then it has a big list of sources, including the CDC, the Florida Department of Health, the Department of State Health Services in Texas, Florida Keys Mosquito Control District. That's a, that's a department I didn't know existed. Mm -hmm. FKMCD Florida Knowledge uh, or Kinetic or the Oxitec Mosquito Project Oxitec Sounds good already uh, The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation mm -hmm. and the U.S. Environmental Protections Agency Okay Those are all the sources that they That's went a lot to of verify Yeah, but most of them Waka 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 waka, or don't trust. Right, go that, ahead. On most of those sources, I look. I immediately distrust anything that comes from those sources. Right, right, absolutely. <laughs> uh, okay, the answer is that it's false. No, a mosquito project linked to Bill Gates is not responsible for recent malaria outbreaks in the U.S. There you go. Uh, Bill Gates and a mosquito project that exclusively works with non-biting genetically modified male mosquitoes in the Florida Keys are not responsible for recent malaria cases in the US. The CDC says malaria is caused by a parasite that spreads through the bite of an infected female Anopheles mosquito. In June 2023, four people in Sarasota County and one person in Cameron County, Texas, contracted the disease after they were bitten by an infected female Anopheles mosquito, which is different than the non-biting kind that Bill Gates is genetically modifying in the Florida Keys. Interesting. I could go on and on there. So anyway, yeah, there's, there's lots and lots of sources here, and it quotes stuff from all of these sources. Um, but yeah, apparently uh, Bill Gates is not to blame for malaria in Florida and Texas. <laughs> Like the Wuhan Respiratory Virus Virus Research Lab is not responsible for uh -huh. a release of any respiratory virus. It's, it's in your name, folks. Come on, we're not that stupid. Yeah. Okay. Anyhow, well, that's interesting. Yep. People were like, "Oh, it's Bill Gates' fault." Well, he has friends. He, he I got friends mm -hmm. in the. Mm -hmm. Anyway, your turn. Wow. The ping pong is in your okay. side of the well, table. Since you went since you went conspiracy. I need to mute that. Or it's going to sit there and wobble and drive me yes, nuts. Yes, it is. You are a wobbler. 
Much better. That is better. Conspiracy. Twitter. Okay. Twitter, Twitter is conspiracy? Now, Twitter is now owned by? Mr. Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Um, changing the name of Twitter. What? The holding company, a parent company, uh, Mr. Musk has suggested it's going to become called uh, something called X Corp. <laughs> How amazing is that? Legally absorbed Twitter it did, perhaps as early as April. Uh, it is a subsidiary, subsidiary of the parent company X Holdings. I am going to quote 1440 News Digest at this point. Uh, okay. Musk has previously described Twitter as a part of a larger vision to create an everything app, a platform combining social networks, financial transactions, e-commerce, and more. Now, part of this article goes on to, th to say how this could be um, a competitor to the Chinese things like WeChat and Grab and, uh, you know, all those. I don't know what any of those things are. Now, those are the Chinese. WeChat? You heard of WeChat? Nope. Okay. Well, WeChat. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. My, I have, no, I don't. Uh, you know what? I no longer trust this guy. I never trusted him much. And for a period of time, I went, oh, maybe, maybe. No, no, no. He is behind a lot of the electric vehicle stuff. Oh, for sure. And he just happens to like spaceships and not submarines. That's pretty much the difference as near as I can tell. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it just... Um, I tell you what. What you said, you said they're going to change it to X Corp. X Corp. And I immediately, like, as you were reading that, the very beginning of that, I went, "What are we in? Like a movie on the Sci-Fi Channel right now? You have this billionaire genius, the X Corp. Like, it's it's coming. Like you're writing the script of a movie right now. Yes, RoboCop is around the well. corner." Terminator is around the corner. And we're pretty much there already. Oh, yeah. we're, we're Listen, Sarah Connor is watching all of us become best <laughs> friends with ChatGBT, okay? Yeah, absolutely. And, and shaking her head going, what are you all doing? Y'all are stupid. Neo is over in the corner going, did you guys mm -hmm. not listen? Mm -hmm. Did mm -hmm. you not pay attention mm -hmm. to me? Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. <sighs> okay, well. So, there you go. Oh, by the way, there is an election coming up in the next week or so. <coughs> Here in the state of Ohio. Indeed there is. Um, go vote. Go vote. That's all I'm going to say about that. Go vote. Um, I'll see your conspiracy and raise you another conspiracy. <laughs> oh, boy. I can't, you can't make this up. Now, I cannot vouch for the quality of the writing in the article that I'm about to read. <laughs> Because, of course, it comes from our beloved 10TV News. And we all know how well-written those articles are. No punctuation needed. Evidently. Uh, okay, so this headline reads, Search warrant was served for the 19... Or in... See, yeah, the, uh, yeah. mm, uh. Search warrant served in 1996. Fatal drive-by shooting. Okay. Of rapper Tupac Shakur. Okay. 
no. Oh, yeah, baby. I found the gold, baby. I told you. I told you wow. I couldn't let it go. Tupac Shakur. One of the most prolific figures in hip-hop was fatally shot in 1996 in a drive-by shooting in Las Vegas. He was 25 years old. Or was he? Or was he? Right. We all know about the Biggie and Tupac thing. If you don't, Google it. Watch a documentary. Yeah. Um, so, authorities in Nevada served a search warrant this week in connection with the long, unsolved killing of rapper Tupac Shakur nearly 30 years ago. They confirmed on Tuesday. Shakur, one of the most prolific rappers in hip-hop history, was killed on the night of September 7, 1996, in a drive-by shooting in Las Vegas. The Vegas Metropolitan Police Department said the search warrant is executed or was executed Monday in the nearby city of Henderson. It's unclear what they were looking for and whether they were looking or where they were looking. <laughs> but there was a search warrant. They don't know what for or where, but they go, there was one. Uh, the department spokesperson, Aiden Ocampo Gomez. Okay. Ocampo Gomez, one word. Oh, it is. I thought that was like a middle name. Unless it's just more poor writing from 10, could 10 TV news. But it, according to what I'm reading, it's one word. Mm -hmm. uh, said in a brief phone call that he couldn't provide further details on the latest development in the case, citing the open investigation. Nevada does not have a statute of limitations for prosecuting homicide cases. True. Shakur was gunned down while sitting inside a black BMW with Marion Shug Knight, uh, head of Death Row Records. Police have said the two were waiting at a red light. Yeah, they were waiting. Okay, they were waiting at a red light. Somebody pulled up. Bang, 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 bang. drive away. Right. Yeah. That's how it went down. No arrests have ever been made. Las Vegas police said that in the past that the investigation quickly stalled in part because witnesses refused to cooperate. No, really? <laughs> uh, Shakur's death came amid his feud with rap rival the, the, the notorious B.I.G., also known as Biggie Smalls, who was fatally shot six months later. At the time, both rappers were in the middle of it, the infamous East Coast-West Coast rap rivalry, which primarily defined the hip-hop scene during the mid-90s. Sure did. Indeed. Yes, it did. The feud was ignited after Shakira was seriously wounded in another shooting during a robbery in the lobby of a midtown Manhattan hotel. Mm -hmm. So Tupac openly accused Biggie and Puff Daddy, Sean Combs, right? P. Diddy, whatever. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Papa Diddy Puff. Whatever, whatever name he's going by these days. Puff right? Dog Diddy. Right. Um which both vehemently denied that they were involved. The shooting sparked enough of a feud that created a serious divide in the hip-hop community and fans. So, this right. is just going on and telling the story. We don't need to go through all that. Although, this is an interesting factoid that I will read at the end of the article here. According to Entertainment Data, to Entertainment Data Company... Luminate, they put the comma in the wrong place. <sighs> Shakur has sold 33 million albums. Yep. 41 million, including track sale and streaming equivalents. That's a lot. His on demand video and audio streams total 10.1 billion, and he's been dead for 30 years. Mm hmm. 
goodness. Anyhow, so uh, apparently, the, so the news is, this is what I think is funny about this. Yeah, is that the only there was literally two, maybe three sentences that were actually relevant to the news headline. The rest of it was just retelling the story of what happened. By the way, a warrant was served in connection with this. We have no idea what for or where it was, have no other information other than there was a warrant served. The rest of the news article is just nothing. It's stuff you can find on Wikipedia and Google. And that's probably how it was put together. I'm just sitting here going, what in the world? Why? Why? What is wrong with these news people? They can't write a news article to save their life. They're trying to get airtime. They're trying to get stuff going i know that i go on every single week and i I read another one from 10 tv and i'm just like what i'm i've missed my calling i'm in the wrong career oh you wouldn't have made it i know i'm too good well never mind i won't say why (laughs) i won't say why you won't say why no i don't fall too far to the correct side of the line different line my friend. <laughs> whole different line yeah i forgot you spent a long time running around those circles mm. um anyway that's I, all the news i got okay i do have one more okay i, I just want to go with this get one. after it this do is it. not 10 tv but it is wlwt cincinnati oh okay all right hopefully they do better but the news comes out of columbus <laughs> zookeepers oh yeah at the columbus zoo and aquarium uh-huh arrived to a pair of unexpected discoveries Thursday morning. A newborn baby gorilla. Yep. And the news that its mother wasn't a male gorilla. They had assumed all along since 2019 that this gorilla was a male. Oh my God. The gorilla care team discovered her holding the unexpected baby gorilla. They were identifying her wrong. They had her pronoun wrong all this time. Oh, my gosh. How could they not know? <laughs> the article asks, and it goes on. Well, comma, it's in the right place. <laughs> Gorillas don't have prominent sex organs, and males and females look mostly alike until around age eight. It's only later in life that males develop their large size, the silver backs, and the distinctive bumps. Zookeepers at the zoo where the gorilla was born took a, and this is in quotation marks, hands-off approach with their care and allowed the primate to be cared for by its mother. Um... When Sully arrived in Columbus, she was a young and healthy animal, didn't require any medical procedures that would have led to the discovery sooner. They expect she became pregnant in the fall. There you go, folks. Now. Jack Hanna. Controlled. Jack Hanna. Bless his soul. Uh huh. He's struggling. Serious Alzheimer's. I thought he was already dead. No, I, I don't think so. They're already in there. The, I would have mentioned it. It's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're in the um, twilighting goodbye phase. Sure. But can you imagine what this guy, when he learned that news, if it's a good day, what would he have to say? Oh, if he was still like 
if his mind was still viable, mm-hmm. like, oh, dude, he'd have had a total meltdown. Well, he would have, and I borrow the phrase from a movie, he would have gone apey. Oh, I yeah. I mean, it just would have Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. And we wonder why, in cases like this, that the Columbus Zoo and Aquarium has lost their accreditation. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So anyway, that's yeah. just, you know. Wow. Had that one wrong all along, didn't it? <laughs> Oh, boy. That's it. I'm done. Oh, boy. Go All on. right. Go away. Well, uh, that, that was some good news. Uh, <laughs> conspiracies <laughs> and misidentification of animals. Um, oh, by the way, one more. Uh, I don't have the article pulled up, but I just wanted to keep everybody apprised of the bear situation. And what about him? Uh, another bear was spotted in, uh, oh, my gosh, what's the county on the? other side of franklin county pick away uh, yeah Fair, fayette fairfield that one pick away okay. yeah okay another one cool yep they're coming for you they're coming north baby all right it's time for fun facts y'all there we go rolling right along mr wilson fun fact me i have all all kinds of fun facts but i have settled on this one because earlier today i was on my great big big screen tv Thank you, Paul and Arabelle, with the amazing soundbar. Thank you, Paul and Arabelle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could blast that all over the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, was roaming through podcasts, and I found one called English with Michael. Okay. I thought there was going to be something there. Okay. Um, absolutely fascinating. Probably to me, my love of words, your love of words. Uh-huh. But what is the word? Or the animal that we get beef from. Cow. Cow. Steer. Yeah. yeah. Meat from a pig. What's that stuff called? Pork. Pork. Mm-hmm. Meat from a deer. Venison. Venison. Mm-hmm. Well, now here's the interesting part in this to my brain. Uh-huh. Cow, pig, and deer are all old English words. Yes. Um, beef, pork, and venison all come from old French. Okay, I think I knew that. So the people that were raising and caring for and producing these animals, the old English caretakers, Mm -hmm. old English-speaking caretakers, Mm -hmm. were providing them for a class of people, um, Normans, who spoke French. Yep. So that is why the animal names in these cases are different than the meat that you get from them. Mm-hmm. Beef from boof. Pork from pork. Only a C instead of a K. Pork. 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 It yes. could just be or because you know French, they don't say all their letters. Mm-hmm. And then venison from venison. Venison, yes. I absolutely was fascinated with this. I, my mind was diving and dipping and bobbing and weaving, and I was I was having the most fun with the social and cultural aspect of what the people who produced it called it and what the people who consumed it called it. That is fantastic. I thought to me it was fantastic. That is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Did Y'all you wake ha- up now? Chris got one. Did, <laughs> did you happen to come across uh, anything about how those Normans ended up? In, in in doing the farm work under these English 
No, the English were caretakers. Doing, the English were doing the farm work under the French caretaker, the French conquerors, the Normans who came to England. Interesting. In the Middle Ages, prior no, to yeah, prior to the mass exodus from France to England to to, to get a way to live. Right, the centuries, couple three centuries yeah, yeah. before the the la guillotine. Yeah. I, well, I discovered um, doing some family digging. Um, I, I discovered that uh, some of my ancestors uh, were took refuge in England from France. Uh, they were displaced textile workers who came over uh, trying not to die. <laughs> Mass exodus from France. It's, uh, it's an amazing story. And what's uh, story. interesting is when they showed up in England, they figured out real quick, holy crap, we're the ones with money. Yep. <laughs> we have a skill and we have money. Yep. We're in charge now. Yep. <laughs> and if you had money and you were attached in any way to business owners or aristocrats in France, mm-hmm. um, you were dead. Yeah. I mean, for sure. In uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of people, many of whom who had absolutely nothing to do with anything. Yeah. The Yeah. It's interesting to... Um, so, like, my last name, Workman, right, comes from an old uh, Scottish or what, what's the word? Pictish. Uh, from the Pictish clans, it means mm-hmm. someone who works with their hands mm-hmm. or is ambidextrous, right? And interestingly enough, if you go throughout my family's history, <laughs> that's pretty much the whole line. Like, that's all it is. Very few people in my lineage are people who did not work with their hands. Right. Right. <laughs> Particularly the large group who ended up in France because some Scottish dude married a French chick in Ireland. Yes. Um very common. Yeah. Uh anyway, textile workers. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh all right, my fact is not nearly as interesting as your fact, but it is funny. Okay. The average person produces roughly a half of a liter of flatulence. Per day, I, my friend, am above average. <laughs> you are above average. Distributed over about fourteen toots. Oh, that's those are we got to get those average. Numbers. You average yeah. numbers. Those are yeah. averages. Those are rookie numbers. Those are rookie numbers. I agree. I, I am also way above average. That's a that's a good that's a good morning on my way to the potty from getting out of bed. <laughs> that's that's a warm up. Yeah. Uh, How about them apples? <laughs> there you go. It's fun and it's facts. That's it. I will be disproving that soon. <laughs> That's all with fun facts. Not while the mics are on. <laughs> I'm keeping count. I am keeping count. You're going to start keeping it's a happened. log? It's happening, so to speak. <laughs> Captain's log, July 28th. No, <laughs> oh, boy. There's a breath of fresh air. Okay, moving right along. Uh, housekeeping before we get yep. into our topic tonight yep. and you do some house week house, house sweeping housekeeping whatever however you want to look at it yeah. from last week yeah um it has been brought to my attention <laughs> our attention our attention and actually i asked a couple of people who listened to us oh really as well yeah did you get other responses that were the same i got a variety of responses but one person said yeah i can see how that could happen okay so we may have left an impression Unintentionally. Absolutely unintentionally. 
that the Bible is not real. <laughs> real or factual, yes. yes. Uh, um, in my fervor to uh, encourage one and all to hang flesh upon the stories of the Bible, to, in your mind, make these people real, I, there may have been an opportunity for folks to believe that I was saying that the Bible wasn't. And I apologize. Yeah. Um, also, I so I tried to use uh, an analogy. Mm-hmm. I guess it's an analogy um, that my brain connected as being an easier way to understand it. Uh, but but I realized uh, after having some conversations that it made the confusion worse. Yeah. Uh, and so I too would like to apologize. We 100% believe that the Bible is real. Um, I, I 100% believe the Bible is real, factual, and unerrant. That's that's my viewpoint. Just yes. for the, for all those who wonder, um, it is the truth filter. Everything must go through it first. Yes. Uh, so apologies for the. Uh, lack of ability to be creative in explaining things and making it worse. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. Uh, yeah. Uh, so apologies, one and all. Uh, we apologize. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Did I cover it? Oh, we're good. Okay. It, uh, it, it was wearing on both of us over time. I, yeah. I, uh, I, I was very sort of distraught. Yes. For uh, quite a while. Because... While we do like to have fun and goof around on this podcast, when it comes to biblical and scriptural things, we both take it incredibly serious, and we try to do all that we can to make sure that we are, uh, what am I trying to, um, fact, we're faithful. Fact, factual, faithful, uh, diligent in making sure that what we say right. um, is what it needs to be. Yeah, And sometimes in the heat of battle or whatever heat we're in it goes sideways so sorry yep we get excited and say things that are confusing so i apologize and we both segue we we both run things through our head without benefit of verbal segues (laughs) yeah so i'm really sorry yep uh we just turn the little critters loose in our brains sometimes and they start handing off papers and to mike and i it makes perfect sense but i have to remember that uh, I do not have the benefit of uh, being able to explain out everything, flesh everything out right. uh, down to the minute details. You know, the thought is maybe we need subtitles or caption balloons, but I really don't want that either. <laughs> no, little, little, no. Those little speech bubbles that pop up over our heads, we need those. Uh, all right. So tonight's topic, which depending on how far we get, without going too long may be the beginning of a couple of different episodes we'll see okay we'll see how far we go how far we get how far we go so not long ago i sent you yes a message yes you and mr florida pete uh i had come across so i came across a random i don't know video clip on instagram was a worship leader and he was doing that thing that some worship leaders do where they speak 
uh, between songs or before songs and say something inspirational. Um, <laughs> and uh, he said, you know, it recently came to my attention that all right, um, your brain can't process anxiety and gratitude at the same time. And so, of course, he started quoting a rather well-known scripture. And I went, huh, is that a thing? Really? And so, of course, me being who I am, I went down the rabbit hole of digging and digging. And turns out that it's a fantastic thing to talk about. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight is gratitude and anxiety in your brain. So the article that I landed on, so I guess before I start reading, I want to say this. Uh, Let's see. I have to process for a moment. Do you have anything enlightening to say before I dive into this? Uh, No, I'm... I'm, Because I need a second to process. I'm a little bit tagging along for the ride here, but by the same token, when when Chris sent me that uh, message, I was... I was struck by the simplicity of it and the obvious realization that, yes, this is true. He's going to talk about that here in a moment, what the thing that I'm kind of um, talking about. We miss sometimes the obvious in our desire to delve into. Um, So when we, as we go through this, I want to encourage people. it's, It's kind of simple. And it's so simple that it's even that that the Bible touches on it going, here's what you do. Um, yeah. Here is the method. Here is the practice. Here is, here is something to consider when you're going through difficulties. Yeah. Okay. So the rather well-known scripture that I was talking about, Philippians chapter 6. Uh, chapter four, right? Is it? Yeah, chapter four, verse six through seven. Sorry, I looked at the wrong number. Philippians four, six and seven. Okay, says, "Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made be made known to God." that the peace of God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now we've sort of kind of talked about this a little bit on here before. Um, But it's interesting that what we're going to dive into is, uh, I don't know how to, I'm kind of gun shy after last week. I want to make sure I'm processing everything before it comes out of my mouth. I will. I'm kind of hanging back um, to help. I was going to say it's kind of what we're going to talk about is like proof of concept. Okay. Right. So biblical concepts that we understand as a spiritual concept, right? Mm-hmm. And we know that there are physical, tangible results of said concept yes. playing out in people's lives, yes. right? But most of the time, when we talk about those things, we talk about the back end of that, mm-hmm. right? The change that occurs after the fact is the physical proof of concept, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What we're going to talk about tonight is the in process, mm-hmm. 
Does that make sense? No, that makes sense to me. Okay. So this idea of anxiety being, well, your brain cannot process anxiety and gratitude, or as this scripture calls it, thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. at the same time. Mm -hmm. How do we know that? Well, it's interesting. When I heard that, I went digging, and we understand this. I I just want to point this out because I find it interesting and phenomenal. Mm -hmm. We understand this as a biblical, godly, scriptural thing. Do you know how difficult it was for me to try to find a Christian source, a biblically-based source, that was talking about this? Oh, this is a huge psychological issue that because it's so prevalent, the psychological community, the psychological community, whatever you want to call it, (laughs) latches onto this because it is emotive. I find it incredibly interesting that all of the links when I go to Google in this mm-hmm. are from psychological mental health websites mm-hmm. and the amount of articles, the amount of information coming from non-biblically based mental health mm-hmm. sources mm-hmm. I wonder, do they even realize that they're teaching the Bible? <laughs> With, this must be my thing in the last couple of months. What? This falls to me under the category of what some people call kingdom principles. Okay. As above, so below. Sure. We know these things to be true. Okay. Uh, What we're going to talk about. But when that truth becomes focused entirely on ourselves, we completely lose track of it and wander off down fuzzy little paths that just feel good because it's about me. Yep. Now, I'm not going to go any further. No. (laughs) Um, So the thing that was that that really caught me with this is that. um, I guess in my mind. I didn't view it as a kingdom principle. I viewed it almost as a monopoly. Like this is a biblical thing. Like we have this. This (laughs) our side has this. This is not a psychological tenet. This is this is scripture. Modern mental health professionals, as the medical community, who is absolutely governed by pharmaceutical companies, uh-huh. have taken in the last 20 or 30 years, maybe more, to medicating symptoms. Yeah. That is why when you show up at a mental health facility with anxiety, they want to medicate you out of that. It doesn't change anything about the source and I'm using air sure. quotes here, of sure. your anxiety. It used to be that what was called, used to be called talk therapy. Really? Back in the 70s, 
Okay. And the 80s. I'm being educated. Um, there were still a number of psychologists mm-hmm. um, who wanted to dig down with their patients into the place of what's causing all this difficulty in your life. What's the problem? Not just deal with the surface symptom, but actually let's see if we can dig in and find it. Mm-hmm. Um, that And that's back in the days when there was a, a hard, hard, bright white dividing line between psychologists and psychiatrists. Uh, if you wanted to yeah. attack your issue, you went to a, and remember I was a worldly person for sure. a long time. Yeah, 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 if yeah, you yeah, want sure. to attack your issues, you go to a psychologist. If your issues you want to attack, but you really want to get rid of the symptoms with medicine, you went to a psychiatrist. Okay. Who wasn't? Who is an MD? Psychologists are not. They're PhDs or whatever. Sure. Psychiatrists are MDs. Interesting. That's why they prescribe. Interesting. Yeah, I guess I, I knew there was a difference, but I never really drew that big of a line between the two. Yeah. I just sort of call them a conglomerate of all the same thing. I think the line is so muddy now. Sure. They're all in. I mean, psychologists. I, mean, I wasn't around psych- in the '70s, so I didn't get to see that. Di- I know. Division. <laughs> psychologists have psychiatrist buddies that they basically nowadays just call them up and say, "Hey, this guy needs a script. Can you call it in?" Oh. Psychologists tell the psychiatrist, "Well, here's you know they've got this set of symptoms from the diagnosis manual. Yeah. So call it in, and they do. It's, it's probably assistants and secretaries and and you know sure. not even. Well, I don't know. Anyhow, we went down a squirrel hole. I did not. We did. I'm still with it. <laughs> we did. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> we gave me the look. Uh, <laughs> God, I know how it feels, Kaya. <laughs> uh, wow. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just want to I, I want to read a couple of things before I get into the actual article. Okay, this comes from MentalHealthAndFirstAid.org. And this is a quote, okay? Research has shown that consciously practicing gratitude can reduce feelings of stress and anxiety. In fact, studies have found that a single act of thoughtful gratitude produces immediate 10% increase in happiness and 35% reduction in depressive symptoms. Okay. So... I'm going to hop over to my original article that I sent to you. Look at him keeping us on track. This is uh, from healthyplace.org. Or no, sorry, dot .com. Dot .com. Uh, paragraph number two, anxiety, gratitude, and the brain. This is the part I was fascinated with. And the reason I was fascinated is because, again, it's an in-progress proof of concept it's a you get to watch it happening right Mm -hmm. because i for me anyway i I don't know for everybody else but for me there are a lot of things in scripture there are a lot of things that sure i know it's true right and i know that i see the results of it all the time Mm -hmm. but i find it incredibly fascinating when i can see it happening in the progress (laughs) right So this is what the article says. Our thoughts, emotions, and behaviors are brain-based, including anxiety and gratitude. Both of these states are tied to activity in the brain, such as 
Wow. Sorry. Big my, words. No, my phone decided to do that thing where it scrolls up really fast. Oh, yeah. Um, so I had to find my place again. Both of these states are tied to activity in the brain, such as the production and functioning of neurotransmitters like dopamine. Dopamine. Uh, norepinephrine. I don't know how to say that word. Norepinephrine. Sure, that one. Um, serotonin and hormones like cortisol. Yep. Even when... Our anxiety is triggered by situations or people. It's the neural activity that causes our reaction. Mm -hmm. Here we go. I love this so much. And it's not even from a biblical source, and I love it so much. Anxiety, fear, worry, and the brain gang up on us and train us to be on the lookout for negative and for problems. We sort of talked about that a couple of episodes ago that human beings are naturally bent. Our first go-to knee-jerk reaction as humans is to go to the negative side. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a survival thing. It's a, yeah. So anyway, we find them because they are there, right? We react to them anxiously because our brain is conditioned that way. It's not intentional, but rather it's a habit that's formed without us being aware until anxiety symptoms become prominent and bothersome. How do you feel about that? I'm okay so far. Okay. Anytime you got something to say, drop in on me. Cut me off. All right? No, I want you to talk a lot. <laughs> no, people don't like it when I talk a lot. <laughs> gratitude works in a similar but opposite fashion. Studies have shown that gratitude reduces anxiety and depression too, in part by optimizing the functioning of the auto- autonomic nervous system Mm -hmm. that's the part of the nervous system that just happens it's automatic you you can't control it as well as those same neurotransmitters involved in anxiety Mm -hmm. here's the the meat and taters the brain cannot respond to anxiety and gratitude at the same time Mm -hmm. there are different parts of your brain that light up on one of those brain scan things that that do things when you're in anxiety and when you're showing gratitude but they involve the same stuff that's what we just read Right. right is that the same chemicals that fire off for anxiety are the same chemicals that fire off for things like gratitude thankfulness happiness that whole thing right because both those things have to do with dopamine and serotonin uptake uh-huh. and, and all of the chemical stuff that sure, goes, sure. Inside, goes on inside your brain. Both of those are the, they function similarly with a different result. That's right. And so because it's made up of the same juices, your brain can't do the two things at the same time. Kind of like a railway. The train, you can either have a train on it that's carrying a, uh, uh, car loads of anxiety or you can have a train on it on that railroad track that's carrying car loads of gratitude the two cannot travel together right so uh, the brain can't respond to anxiety and gratitude at the same time which means it's one or the other mm-hmm. we can feel anxious and other negative states or we can feel grateful and all the positive emotions that are associated with, with that we certainly do not choose to be anxious. Yes, we do. I disagree. Uh-huh. But 
we can learn to control and thus choose our response to what's happening in our lives. They've, they've contradicted themselves there in a big way. In a little bit. <laughs> no. Talk about it. It's, we think that anxiety is just something that happens. Um, and, and, but we do make a choice to focus on whatever that thing is that makes us anxious and create neural pathways, uh, strengthen them, broaden them, make them tougher as the more that we focus on them. Uh, the brain is, is an ever-learning organ. Um, and, and so we make a choice to be anxious. I, I, I have something that's rolling, and I, I need you to talk for a minute. I want to say something. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tag me in, Coach. Uh, all right. Here's how I know that we choose to be anxious. Mm-hmm. You ready? I'm ready. Because the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. Implying that you have a choice. Mm-hmm. You have control. Mm-hmm. You can choose to be anxious for Par- nothing. Parallel that with free will. You have a choice. Sure. So it's interesting, this article... Uh, says at the very bottom I'm not going to read the whole article I just wanted to read that one paragraph because that's the main meat and taters um, but in at the, at the end of this paragraph it, it gives some here are a few tips oh, okay for this playing out practically right okay this is great this is so great now this is from a non yes 100% source 100% okay okay I'm going to read some of them ready okay Find beauty and pause to simply appreciate it. Okay, here's another one. Keep a gratitude journal. Adding quick notes about your day every day. Write little notes of appreciation of others and leave them where people will find them. Acknowledge anxious thoughts and add right now I appreciate blank give yourself permission to be grateful rather than letting worry push it away my goodness gracious throughout the day just pause briefly and appreciate something in that moment now I would look at those things and go someone's been reading the Bible there yep <laughs> yep um, listen the very next sentence going into the last paragraph in this article starts with this cultivate <laughs> the perspective that you want to have even when you're anxious No, hyphen, especially when you're anxious. It's a powerful way to disrupt your anxious thoughts, worries, fears, and obsessions. You can't control many things that happen, things that are legitimately anxiety-provoking. However, you can control how you respond. The more you respond by finding things for which to be grateful, the more you'll strengthen positive responses in your brain. 
you'll be happy to find that your anxiety has been replaced. That is something to be thankful for. Bro. Whatever Bro. you sow. Something about sowing and reaping there. I mean, that's a, when it started with cultivation, that's immediately where my brain went. Well, it, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> yes. It's, it's, it's nuts, man. There's just so much. There's so much. I'm trying to not like go There's, off to the races and, and say things that are going to confuse people. But listen. Okay. Back to the first scripture we read in Philippians, right? right, right. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, mm-hmm. tell God. Then the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. That peace coming in there is the result of your gratefulness. Yes. Um, If you find, like, I, I literally have been having this conversation with a certain individual in my life. When you find yourself being anxious or angry or fearful whatever go find things to be grateful for the bible says and this is the thing for me is that i'm sitting here going all of the advice that i give in this arena right Mm -hmm. take every thought captive and make it submit to the will of christ sometimes that's a violent process Mm -hmm. right it is a when I was le- reading through that list of tips to how to do this, I'm sitting here going, those are all things to put into practice that are physical things that you can do that train your body, your flesh to submit. Yes. Trains your mind to submit. When <laughs> So we've sort of talked on here before about neuroplasticity. If you don't know what that is, basically it's your brain's ability to build new highways. When we were talking about train tracks, your brain, every time you do something, your brain creates a, a railroad track for that train to go down, and it gets used to having the same kind of trains go down. Right, Those that train neuro- automatically goes there. The, it's, it's that, it, and it becomes, it doesn't start that way, but it becomes part of that autonomous mm-hmm. absolutely pathways that your neurotransmitters, mm-hmm. right? You can change those. You can evacuate rail lines and build new ones. Yes. And the old ones will just sort of go away. They'll wither. So it's called neuroplasticity and is a real thing that Mm -hmm. you can see. Mm -hmm. That's part of the reason why I got so excited about this, because when the Bible talks about the renewing of your mind, when the Bible talks about old things being made new, when the Bible, when the Bible talks about creating me a clean heart, oh God, mm-hmm. right? Listen, it it is for me. It is absolutely mind blowing when I come across this stuff because it's for me again. As I was talking about last week about reading the Word and things happen. And you're like, holy crap, it's tangible. I can touch it. It's not just, not that it's not real, but it's it's something that I can physically see and it, it bolsters things. You know what I mean? Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. 
And so for me, I look at stuff like, plus I'm a science nerd anyway, like biology is like, I, I love it. And so stuff like this gets me super excited because I look at it and go, For a lot of people, not for me, not for you, but for a lot of people, things in the Bible are not real. Right. They are conceptual, spiritual, out there things that, sure, we can talk about, but, but, it's, it's, but it's not It's good advice. Tangible. Sure. That's how I and I have heard that described. Yeah, it's it's really good advice, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and for people like you and I, when in those conversations, I know for me, I've been pulling my hair out before trying to go. What is wrong? With, like you don't see, this is so real. Like, what do you mean? Right. And I, I even talking to people like, for instance, about drug addiction. Right. And I, I've had several conversations where I tell people, like, I have literally watched these people become different people. I've watched God take them mm-hmm. and mold them and make them into something different. Yes. They are not the same as they were before. And I can line them up around the block for you. Yeah. And people are, well, no, drug addiction is drug addiction. Can you I want, get in that line, too, by want, the way? Oh, yeah. Okay, for, you're you. in the line. Thank you. But, but you know, there's this idea out there that once you're an addict, you're always an addict. Or once you're an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic. You can't change that. There's a certain, not alcoholic, you're always an addict. But once, if everyone is an addict 100%. to something in your life. And 100%. if you don't believe me, please take the time to sit down with me. Sure. I will make the time. Uh, 100%. Um, and, but I also... While that's true, I also firmly believe that if God gets a hold of you and the, and the potter gets a hold of the clay, it ain't going to be the same vase anymore. First thing the potter does is slam it down on the wheel. Right. And so when we talk about, we talk about neuroplasticity and we talk about stuff like this. I look at it and go, for those of you who think that the Bible is just ethereal conjecture, good stories, good advice, like Aesop's fables, there's an old blast from the past, right? Um, But I want to lay this stuff out and go, look, you can watch it happen. It's a real thing. It's a real, real, real thing. And so, so the Bible talks about gratitude quite a bit. An interesting scripture that I found, and I thought I would just read it and let you do your old man thing. Oh, boy. (laughs) Luke chapter 1, 46 through 49. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked upon his handmaid's lowliness. 
Behold, from now on, will all ages call me blessed. The Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Who's the handmaid? Um, the person speaking those words is Mary, I do believe. <laughs> Who was in a situation. Here, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Was in a situation that could be somewhat anxiety-causing. You think? Um, not like today when an unmarried woman finds herself with child. Mm -hmm. um, today is like, oh, well, you know, let's talk about it and what are all your... You know what? In that day, if you talked about it, there was an opportunity that you and someone else were going to get stoned. And I mean deaded with rocks. Mm -hmm. You were at very least a complete social pariah outcast from the community because of your behavior. Now, Mary's behavior was different than every other person who has ever found themselves pregnant. Every other woman. Pause. Not only that, but her, her station, her lowliness, just for who she was, let alone what she was going through, just for who she was. Because she wasn't any particular social. Oh, no. She was at the bottom. She was not yet Hail Mary full of grace. Oh, no. Uh -uh. No, she was at the bottom. So anyhow. Go ahead. Well, the, the next thing is why was why was her reaction to this? Why 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 was this woman able to say these words about being blessed mm -hmm. in the middle of a situation that could have very likely killed her, where everybody else, everybody else except for Aunt Liz, Aunt Liz was probably on her case. Yeah. And thinking things and talking in the community about her. Oh yeah, I mean, come on. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. let's hear you talk Roy out of uh -huh. this one. Uh huh. Uh huh. Not to mention that she was engaged, and she had to go tell the feller to whom she was betrothed, saying, "Uh, Joe, <laughs> I don't know how, but I'm preggers." <laughs> and Joe went. He was sifting through his memory, and he went, but we never... Come on, girl, what? Uh-huh. And then to have her go, no, it was God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those, without getting more into that story, that's an example. Uh, do you have that still thumbed up? What? The Luke passage yeah. you just read? Yeah. Read it again, because there's something that stuck out. Mm-hmm. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked upon his handmaid's lowliness. Behold, from now on, will all ages call me blessed. The Mighty One has done great things for me, and, his, and holy is his name. Okay. The whole attitude of those words was not about her. Not at all. It was about what God was about to do. Mm -hmm. Because God had showed up and told her. Mm -hmm. He had given her a vision. Mm -hmm. He had given her his plan. And she was absolutely believing, talk about extreme faith, and was blown away by what God was doing 
and she saw all the difficulty that she was going through as a blessing for future generations. <laughs> what, what, I mean, there is an gratitude, thankfulness for, thank you for letting me be a part of this. This is gonna be amazing. Yep. Dude, it hurts. Yeah. Do you think Mary might have gone, God, these people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Philippians 4, 6, and 7, right? Yeah. There's more to it. Uh, I, <laughs> so, I cannot even tell you what I wrote today <laughs> and last night. So go ahead. So, okay. So uh, this is a, a different version, and I, I don't know what version uh, is quoted here, but I'll just read the scripture as it's stated in this other article that I have pulled up, okay? Have no anxiety at all. This is still the same scripture we we read earlier, just a different version, okay? Have no anxiety at all. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God, then the peace of God will surpass that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, <laughs> but wait, there's more. Brothers and sisters, by the way, um, here's how. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, and if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. You know, as I said earlier, I used the word method and I, and I recoiled a little bit from the word coming out of my yeah, mouth. Yeah. But this is, this is kind of the how-to. Yeah. This is the practical application of don't be anxious. Yeah. Be not anxious. A whole other side to this, but whatever each of those words are so packed mm -hmm. with things that we tend to either ignore or or belittle, make be, small. Yeah, we eschew was the mm -hmm. word. Just to kind of get them. Get, mm -hmm. No, I don't want to deal with that right now. Thanks anyway. I'm sure yeah. it is, but yeah, okay. Yeah. I can't do that. There's a lot of I can't do that in this, mm -hmm. um, and. When this is going on, there is a second step. Anxiety, your gratefulness, thanksgiving will bring you peace. It doesn't mean that all the circumstances are going to be peaceful. It doesn't mean that Mary got less pregnant and less part of a Jewish town. Mm -hmm. But there was peace about her, I'm gathering. From her words and then that piece will not just that's just not an emotion or a feeling in the moment it will actually guard your heart and your mind because of Jesus and, and it you were talking about peace in that moment peace that surpasses your understanding you don't get why you're peace that doesn't make sense okay with I, it i should not be peaceful right now right. right have you ever seen people go through something absolutely horrible mm -hmm. 
And you're just like, how are you okay? I'd be climbing the walls right now. Mm-hmm. It's that the peace that doesn't make sense. Why are you peaceful when you should not be? There are people in your world, listeners, who might be going through ab- what you might consider absolutely horrific, horrific circumstances, mm-hmm. things in their life, but you can't tell. Yep. You don't know. Yep. Because they're not making their trouble the focus of their expression to other people. They have the guarding of their heart and mind is in place in a way that they go, oh, I don't need to worry about that. Because I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for the fact that he's, that God will give me peace in this, in all these circumstances, not guard you from the circumstances, but guard your heart and your mind in the midst of those circumstances. Yeah. Um, Which leads me into (laughs) a scripture that is often misquoted. Oh boy. And often misused. Oh boy. Printed on lots of t-shirts and hats and Bible covers. Oh, that makes it true. (laughs) Be still and know that I am God. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is an example of this peace that surpasses understanding when it doesn't make sense. This is why the I'm with God. Sure. The world's on fire around me. Sure. I'm in the middle of a battlefield, but God's standing right next to me. If God is for me, whom shall I fear? Yeah. Who can be against me? Right. No weapon will prosper. Elsewhere, Paul provides a whole list. Principalities, sure. powers, all that. that yeah. Listen, it, do you know, do you realize that a lot of that stuff Paul wrote while being chained to a wall in a dungeon? Yes. All this stuff about gratitude uh-huh. and weapons not prospering while I'm chained to a wall in a prison? Mm-hmm. <laughs> None of those things can separate me from the love of Christ. All, yeah, sure. The so, world. The so they're world, there. Yeah, sure. The world's burning down around me. Whatever. Uh-huh. uh-huh. But God's right here. Yeah. So it's okay. I'm yeah. with God. Yeah. If he wants me to go down, I'm going down. If not, he's right here. Because the here and now doesn't matter. It's it, other than are there opportunities in the here and now to bless other people? To show to let God bless them through you and you may not even be aware of it. It may be your attitude. The your fact, peace and gratefulness in the midst of it. nightmares. Say it. Of things that may have in the past caused you to run screaming to the hills. Say it. And you go, huh. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. And, and I am a firm believer that God will allow you to get wrecked oh. in front of people so they can watch that happen so that they know it's possible because for a lot of people this sounds like nonsense there are a lot of people sitting in a lot of therapist's office going no that's not possible for me no you're right that's not possible for me. I, you don't understand where my brain is you don't understand how I process emotion I can't handle that Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And then they watch someone go through it, and they're like, 
Yeah. Okay. God's still with me. Does it suck? Sure. It's when that article said, acknowledge the fact that this is anxiety provoking, but don't let it win. Right. I was like, are you kidding me right now? Really? Like, to me, that's a major biblical principle. Yeah. And well, I'm yeah, like, absolutely I, I get super psyched about it. So well, to hear it come from, uh, from a psychology article, a mental health article, I was like, what? There's, <laughs> there's someone writing that that knows the concept. Yeah. But doesn't, uh, may not, I will say, may not recognize from whence it comes. Yeah, sure. Uh, remember these circumstances oh my gosh okay these circumstances and and your response to them open up an opportunity for god's grace his grace i'm not playing word games here okay his grace out of your gratefulness is immense and it's the thing that will fend off you know guard you against the anxiety God's grace is amazing. It's not just that. It, it's not like a one-time shot of grace about your sins. It can. It, God's grace is a constant guard because I'm stuck there. Mm-hmm. It's a it it's a constant force in your life if you allow it to be and don't just go. Okay, I got grace once. I'm good. Thank you. That grace extends way beyond your stupid sins. Way. Oh, yeah. To and in spite of your sins. Oh, absolutely. Your ongoing sins. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Your doubt, your fear, your concerns. I'm concerned that I'm getting it right. I'm concerned. Am I really saved? Am I going to say the wrong thing to this person? Am I thinking about this right? Do I believe what I really believe? Welcome to the anxieties. Right. I mean, we talk about anxieties about, you know, the bills getting paid or, the, you know, whatever. There are internal anxieties, which are way more potentially fruitful <laughs> result causing yeah. than just whether or not, you know, you have to buy, you know, store brand as opposed to name brand that week. And just, just putting it that way. I, I, you've got something. So go ahead. Cause I'm no, Shut up. Feelings. Anxieties are feelings. Feelings. Yes. Nothing more than feelings. Wrote the writer of that song. Anyway, anxiety produces feelings, right? Anxiety maybe is a feeling. Mm -hmm. Your feelings are simply a result of your internal evaluation of your understanding and perception of your experience of your circumstances. Now let me go back and say it again. So good. Feelings are your internal evaluation. So you're deciding something. A determination. Uh-huh. Of your own understanding or perception. How you see it. Of the experience of your circumstances. What you're going through right now. Right. It creates feelings. You can either 
take those feelings and make them the be all end all of you. And it will be the end all of you. Or you can take those feelings and go, you can evaluate them in the light of what God's doing. You can evaluate your feelings in terms of gratefulness. Have you ever been grateful for a feeling? Yes. Have you ever said to God, I'm really, really frustrated? There's something in this that you want me to see. So thank you for making me feel this way because you know that's the only way that I will learn or change or grow. And we're not too far off topic here. The feeling of anxiety and the feeling of gratefulness can't travel on the same path. So while you're, while you're internally evaluating and deciding and trying to understand, it's do it with the right train on the track. Take all that and put it on the track of gratefulness and understanding that gratefulness is God's grace, brings God's grace. It's active, sort of activates it, I guess. I don't know. We don't go there, but you know it. That kind of church now? Yeah, no. It, it provides the opportunity for you to be open to see his grace if you are already grateful. If you are anxious and bound up, you may not be able to see God's grace even when it's right next to you. I'm going to take a drink. Grace. Grace is an expression of what from God? His love. Yeah. Does God's love need any human amplification? Does God's love need any human improvement? No. So what are you going to worry about? Right. Go. So it's an observation that I made while looking through all this stuff. He said, take every thought captive and make it submit to the will of Christ, right? And then he made you a being with a built-in device to do so. How so? All you have to do is take every thought captive and force that train off the track and put the right one on. So I was talking to someone a few days ago who was in absolutely in the throes of an emotional train wreck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All the trains collided. Mm -hmm. Absolute rage monster. Mm -hmm. And I said, listen, find something to be grateful for. Well, how am I supposed to find something? All this is, and this, and this. Be thankful for those things. 
Have you ever thought about being thankful for something that your mind pro you perceive as being a horrible thing? There's a song from the 90s. It's by a band called Altogether Separate. And it takes up rent-free space in my brain. <laughs> There's a line in the song, the very first line of the song. It says, everybody loves a rose, but will you be thankful for the thorns? Love is easy when you're loved, but do you curse another when you're alone? The song, wow. the song is called Paradigm, and it's about this. It's about shifting your perceptions and, and changing your state, right? Now, I am not going to stand here and say that we as human beings hold the power to change our state of mind, state of being, whatever. State of mind, maybe. Okay? I, I believe we absolutely do, but go ahead. What, what, what I mean is... We, in and of ourselves, with my power, with my doing, my strength, my knowledge, don't do any of that. It has to be with God. Okay. has to be submitted to God. Now, can I decide to just not be angry and it, God have nothing to do with it? Maybe. But in order to get to the peace that surpasses understanding... Doesn't God have to be the one that's guarding my heart and mind? Well, yeah, but the reason that you don't travel down the path of your anger any further is because you're afraid of the result. It could be, but what if it wasn't out of fear? Or you don't want that result, or you think that result would be would have negative implications. Or there are people who just, and I, I've met many of these people, who just go, okay, whatever, and move on. And it's not God. So we absolutely, as human beings, have the opportunity and the ability to change the state of our mind. That's for reals. However, it is where is your focus? What I'm driving at is I can do nothing apart from you. In other words, I can do nothing that's any good at all apart from you. Yeah. Everything comes back to an absolute dependency mm -hmm. upon him. Why? That's, yeah. what, that's the point I that's was making, the, the, is that I can't do this on my own. Can't do what? I can't process through this on my own. Okay. I can't handle my own... Your heart is deceitful. I don't know how to handle it. The bigger question in this is outside of the current moment. Okay. Why do... Why am I willing to submit? You used that word earlier. Why am I willing to take every thought captive? In other words, submit my thoughts to something other than me. Because I love him. <gasps> you said the word. Submission is love. Yeah. Whatever you submit to, you love. That Yeah, that's what I was driving to a moment ago when I said, what if it didn't have to come from fear? What if it wasn't because you didn't want the consequences of what you were doing? What if it was because 
I love him and I want to make him happy. And the result of submitting and loving him is different than the result of submitting to whatever it is you else you think you need to submit to because of your evaluation of the circumstances. I know it's it seems convoluted, but if you just remember that submission is love, the next time you submit to something that you think is icky, that's what you love in that moment. Okay. The next time that you are irresponsible, um, the next time that you are angry out of in, in, in a moment, anger, mm-hmm. and you know, oh, that, oh, I don't like that, oh, ick. You have, for a moment, submitted to the feeling of your anger. Oh, yeah. Which is outside of love. Sure. Sometimes you have to go apologize. Sure. Submission. <laughs> I, 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 there's some, I, don't, I can't get the words out. Okay. So... There are two different kinds of submission. Submission comes from two different places. It can either be forced and you tap out, or it can be voluntary. I roll over and show you my belly. Scratch Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Um, Discipline comes from within or it comes from without. And the best discipline comes from within. It's way better to choose to do what? It, it is way better. Okay. It's a much more desirable outcome for you to just submit. But you submit than to be forced because to you submit. love something and are willing to discipline yourself, to, to submit to the discipline that you think you need. Sure. Does a parent love their child less when they have to impose discipline on that child? No. No. It's just how we look at our circumstance. I could change this myself and the result will be, be, because I love God, I want to change this. And sometimes God goes, you really aren't changing that. Let me help. Because I need you to not be in that place. Okay. So God, imp- God brings discipline or learning or instruction to you. Mm-hmm. Now, I think his spirit works from inside and brings about that same thing without God having to change your circumstances. God's spirit is what causes you to go, oh, I really need to not. Yes. I need to submit to what I know is God, his spirit in me, which is just an inward an, an, an inward realization of what God of who God is. Okay. So God is still changing you, is still altering, whether it's from the inside in his loving Holy Spirit or from the outside by his loving correction of the child that he loves. It's the same entity yeah. that's causing that change. Yeah. So am I going to submit to God's spirit that's in me and do it an easier way, perhaps? 
without the external circumstance? Am I willing to allow a circumstance inside my life so that I won't? Because the Spirit of God has encouraged me to do that. Right. That, yeah, that's what I was saying earlier is that it's not me. It's the spirit in me. Yeah. It's there never, is no good in me. No, I can't do this. It's all him. No. And, and we're talking about positive godly changes here. At this Sure. Point. Sure. And it's hilarious to me that we're both making the same point from different words, two completely different planets. <laughs> That's how we do stuff. <laughs> it's totally how you and I work too. <laughs> oh, I want to read something. Psalm 139. This is David, I think. He says, Lord, you have probed me. You know me. You know when I sit and when I stand. You understand my thoughts from afar. You sift through my travels and my rest. With all my ways, you are familiar. Even before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it all. Behind and before, you encircle me and rest your hand upon me. You, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, far too lofty for me to reach. You formed my inmost being. You knit me in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am wonderfully made. Another version says fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. Wonderful are your works. These are all just examples of gratefulness, right? These are examples of when in anxiety finding things to be grateful for because let's be honest i was talking earlier about that nasty deceitful wicked heart which we learned a few weeks ago in wednesday night bible study that in jewish culture the heart is thought of as a thinking thing it is a mind thing right and that's what we're talking about that listen how many of you listening to this know that you can talk yourself in anything absolutely you can, your, your heart, your wants, your desires, your emotions can and will lead you into all kinds of things, right? And so you know you can't trust it, right? And so when in the middle of the rage monster or in the middle of the insane emotional breakdown moment, Start small. Find something to be grateful for. Um, one example of this that's always stood out for me, and I don't remember all the details, but it's, again, it's one of those things that lives in my head, and I don't even know where it came from. I may or may not have read a book. Um, <laughs> I don't remember. Somewhere in my head, uh, there is a quote from uh, Corey Tinboom. If you don't know who Corey Tinboom is, mm -hmm. she was someone who was in a concentration camp in Nazi Germany. But she was describing being in this camp and the absolute squalor that was there. And in the midst of all of that, being grateful for the fleas. Mm -hmm. And I've always went, I've always, that's always been in the back of my mind when I'm going through what I perceive to be the most horrible thing. And I always remember that quote going, here's a woman who is 
went through far more nasty, horrible mm-hmm. things than I have ever been through. Mm-hmm. And I've been through some stuff, but nothing like that. And if she can find something to be grateful for, then by George, I can too. And so the point to everything we're trying to talk about tonight is I, I, I was fascinated just my scientific fascination side of me was fascinated with this that, and I frequently am when, when there are scientific things that I can put my hands on and touch and, you know, poke at that, that are, um, solid backing to things that I already know are true from scripture. Um, I'm fascinated by that because it just, it becomes more real to me. It becomes, dare I say, alive. Because even though I've been serving God for a long time, and even though I have a relationship with God, and I do this day in and day out, and I walk with God, and I, you know, all this stuff, there are moments where I realize that I haven't even thought about the Bible in the last three days. I I haven't, you know what I mean? I. I have been absent in yeah. my relationship. Right. And so things like this, when it hits me, it reminds me to go, oh, I need to be way more connected. Because this I don't I don't know how to describe what I'm what I'm saying. It is it that that it's kind of easy to start to put things on autopilot? Yeah. Yeah, it's easy to just go on cruise control and be like, ah, I'm going down the road, man. Yeah, I know what it is. You know what I mean? I, I'm familiar. I'm comfortable. I'm cruising. And then something like this goes. And, and what's hilarious, and, and this is just, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but there can be some other things that are going on in my life where I absolutely know God is there and he's moving there and he's moving over here and I see him moving over here and this is going on over here and I'm very much aware that God is there and doing things. But then there's still some spot in my life where I'm on cruise control Mm -hmm. and God will will just sneak into that door and go, hey, here's something really cool to get your attention, right? And I really feel like that's kind of what happened here was that because you and I have discussions almost on a daily basis about all the different things that God is doing, right? right? And, right. and and all oh, this really cool thing happened, and then I was doing this, and God did this, and we talk about it all the time, mm-hmm. right? But th- but there are still, like, little sections, and, th- and this is what I was driving for earlier, was that it has to be all of your life, right? It's got to be permeated, saturated consumed right when the bible says all it means all and sometimes god will just smack me with something and go hey it's not all right there oh absolutely you know you're holding some you know mm-hmm. and, and it's one of those things where you're like it kind of stops you and you go oh yeah okay mm-hmm. and 
I, I think that's where this came from. I was, just, I, I saw it and it immediately God was just like, boom. And it's just been this swelling balloon since then. Mm. And it's, yeah, I don't know. There. And what's, the funny part is, is that it, you know, as if it's a surprise, incredibly timely, because there are certain people that I am in relationship with uh-huh. that have been really going through it. Buffeted, we might say. Yes. Yeah. And, and th- this whole deep dive into this for the last week, two weeks, however mm-hmm. long it's been, has just been the most fantastic ammunition to help people with. Do you ever consider that God brought those people to you in order to help you see and learn some things about circumstances? You reckon? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but And give them the opportunity. They may not know it, but they're blessing you because of the opportunity that God is bringing through them. God just wants everybody to bless everybody. That's For sure. all we want. Him yeah. first and then everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about yourself. Yeah. Because yeah. he's got it. Either you believe he's got it or you don't. Yeah. There is no middle ground yeah. in that. It, it, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. I cannot tell you. <laughs> there, there was, in speaking of gratefulness and the faithfulness of God, right? Mm-hmm. There was a moment where someone, I was talking with someone, and they literally looked at me and said, I, what, what was the exact, I don't know how to do this, <laughs> or, or how am I supposed to do this? Good. How am I supposed to deal with this? Good. Just absolutely losing their mind. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to do this? And I literally pulled my phone out of my back pocket and said, let me tell you about some stuff that God showed me recently. Funny that you should ask that because the most recent and fresh thing that God has dropped in my lap is this. (laughs) Let me show you something, right? Not that I have the answers, but it just so happens that God has just handed me this thing about gratefulness Mm -hmm. and how it basically is the cure for anxiety, (laughs) right? Or fear. Or anger. All the the things that anxiety brings. All the stuff that's under that big fat heading of anxiety, right? And man, it's just been, it's been nuts. It's been an absolute nuts last couple of weeks. Just all of the instances where this has come to fruition or... That's the wrong word, but well, fruit's but, a pretty good word. Okay? Sure, but but no, but it's it. This just keeps popping up around me, not even necessarily in me, but around me, and I'm sitting here going, "Okay, <laughs> it's it could be around you to encourage you." Oh, sure, yeah, no, I'm I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not that I didn't, yeah, you're not separate from it. You're, sure, you're, you're not seeing right. it. You're, but this is, I, I'm just saying. Not necessarily that I'm getting, you know, I'm going through some horrible trial or getting wrecked or whatever, but like 
it it has been this thing that that just keeps popping up and, and god keeps going hey 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 and i'm like okay so in today's episode the theme is gratefulness <laughs> oh look in today's episode the theme is gratefulness right look, it's a seven part series <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's just it's wild man how yeah. how god will just walk you and lead you through stuff right and and just the opportunity to serve people, to love people, to be there for people, to bear people's burdens, and and to just to be there to love people, man. That's it. it it's 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 That's wild. All it is. It is absolutely wild. And it will cause fruit. Oh, one hundred percent. Because it's fruit of the spirit that God's spirit is oh, producing. Yeah. I don't really have much to do with it, right? Other than agreeing. Going, <laughs> right. Okay, yep. I agree, and I and I, I showed up. <laughs> I there uh, very famous in uh, in instant. Well, I, I don't know how famous it is outside of this church, but a long time famous saying around here is ninety percent of serving God is just showing up. Yep, just Absolutely. being available. Yep. Show up and be available. Mm-hmm. Let him do the rest. Willing and available. That's just, right. Just agree. That's right. Just, what are we doing? Where are we going? Right? And, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I have been, for the last couple of weeks, I have just been blown away with some of the stuff that God has had in and around me. And it's just kind of nuts. Right. And most of it has been this. Yeah. And, Yeah. The other side of the showing up is don't isolate or remove yourself from what God's doing or doing around his people or where he does it because you have anxiety or feelings about how or what or all the about the stuff that's going on. Yeah. That anxiety will cause you to isolate yourself yep. from what God's doing and in, in, in wherever he's doing it. Yep. And in you, you'll isolate yourself from God. And we all know what happens when you don't remain attached. Right. So I just, I want to say one more thing before, and then I'll let you wrap it up. So I, I just want everybody to understand where I was coming from with this. Okay. Because mm-hmm. it's easy to, and I have had people challenge me when I start talking about science stuff and scripture stuff at the same time and they're like well why do you need physical tangible proof of scriptural things goodness gracious right well you just believe it well i do believe it but i get really fascinated by it my i nerd out on the science side of it because it's encouraging and the, the the big thing for me really is that over the years particularly here there are a lot of people who come through this building who have life controlling issues <laughs> to the nth degree right right all kinds of things and it really doesn't matter what the things are but a frequent thing that happens is they'll come in and they start trying to walk alongside us towards god trying to learn how to do that walk mm-hmm. with god mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they go, well, I can't, 
okay, cool, God did that for you, but he can't do that for me, right? right? I'm special. I, I, I'm, I'm too far gone. I'm too broken. I'm too this, and I'm this. And they, they literally don't believe that he can make you new. They don't believe that he can rearrange literally molecules and do different things inside of you. And so for me, I look at this and go, no, really, it's a real thing. Some people who are struggling to believe the spiritual aspect of things will look at this and go, oh, it really is a real thing. It's not for me. I don't need the proof. I believe. Right? But it's really neat to look at. See, and I see, yes, I believe, but help my unbelief. Oh, for sure. We all go through that. That's what that encouragement is all about. Right. It's bolstering places where perhaps in the future something might happen that God already knows about that might poke a little hole in the wall for me. Sure, and he goes, no, 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 no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you strong here now. I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go do this with oh, you now. Yeah, yeah. Remember that. So you've seen it. Yeah. God says, remember that. Yeah. 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 For sure. Right. Yeah. I get, but, but, but for me, like, the point that I was making is that I, I've had enough conversations with people up right above this room, mm-hmm. and. It's you would be amazed. <laughs> well, you wouldn't maybe, but some people would be amazed. I'm pretty easily amazed <laughs> at how you can talk about the Bible and it's this flighty out there. Okay, yeah, sure, I believe it, but it's it's an ideological mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden. When you can attach something and go, no, see here, right here, see this. When this is happening, this is this happening in real life, right here. Yeah, this is actually this playing out. It's right here. Yeah, and for some people, that's what it takes for the click. There's a mindset that God's world is over here and my world is over oh, here. Oh man, and and there's yes. just, sometimes it's like a Venn diagram. For yeah. a, I think a lot of people. <laughs> for a lot of people, there's this yes. little area in here that's you know Sunday morning worship and you know oh whatever. Oh my gosh, that's or, a great description of Venn pla- diagram. The places in your life where you're you're attached, but oh. there's this whole other place over here where you're not. Yeah. Well, you don't. You're seeing. <laughs> you, you, God is too small for you. Because what you don't understand is it's not a Venn diagram. It's two concentric circles. You just are trying to determine which circle is on the outside and which is on the inside. Y'all, y'all can't see me waving my hanky. But that is, listen, that is a fantastic, that, that is a really good representation of what I was trying to, of the point I was trying to make. That's really good. That is absolutely fantastic. You have, and I'm over here going, no, it's, it, it. It's not supposed to be different circles. It's all one circle. Yeah. There's only one circle. Stop yeah. making it different ones. Yeah. But what that 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 tiny little spot in the middle where they all converge, you're like, okay, for 20 minutes, once, maybe twice a week, maybe an hour, once or twice a week, that's where I'm allowing the rest of those to touch. The rest of the time, they're all my separate circles. Yes. And, oh, man, it's all one circle. Yeah. It is pervasive. It is complete. It is encompassing, enveloping. It is. It is the be all, end all. There, we're the ones that are trying to create the uh, the other circle. 
because we think that other circle is important. Yeah. So. Yeah. All righty. <sighs> Sorry, I get a little amped up. I might have talked some too. Anyway, I hope that no one is confused. If you are, let us know. Well, and no, I, there are a lot of places in this where there might be confusion. And so, yeah. Oh, come, for sure. Yeah, come yeah. for it. Come yeah. for it. Because, yeah, come at me, bro. Um, <laughs> what? Come at us. Let me just say that. It's because it's, <clears throat> it's difficult. And, the, and one of the best ways that God blesses us is because he gives us all kinds of other people to walk through this and talk about it with and be with him together doing things. I don't know if y'all know this, but we are not meant to be uh, singular alone beings. Oh no. That's what we can we, never mind. That's a whole nother thing. That's what we can prove that in about thirty seven <coughs> seconds. That's a whole nother thing to shut up. So anyway, as you go through this and you're being grateful, looking for the opportunity to al allow grace to be active, he is going to bring you lots of people. And those are the people that I keep hoping that we all will go find to bless. Love you, bye.